Welcome and bienvenidos to the newest episode of the Casa de Jaja podcast. This is your host, Daniel Reskin, Miami comedian, actor, podcaster, writer, voiceover, uh, a, a draw, um, making a comic book, uh, whatever. Very special episode today. A big guest, probably our biggest guest yet. And no, I'm not talking about his size. Get your heads right. It's Gabriel Iglesias. His fans know him as Fluffy. And he's here on the podcast talking to me about his new movie, a stand-up concert film. This is a big deal when stand-up goes to theaters. And he has a lot to say about it. It's a short but sweet interview and extremely informative, whether you're in the biz or not. Really interesting to see how he had to deal um, with the Hollywood landscape and navigate through that while still keeping his career in check, uh, whereas that might not be the best interest of movie people because they see a script and he is a person. So there's some interesting stories about that coming up. Uh, He's an extremely nice guy. I mean, comedians as a whole are nice, and this guy is a class act. Very impressed. Truthfully, I was never a huge Gabriel fan, but not for any reason. Just I saw him in the periphery, and that's, I think, the double-edged sword of, of being kind of typecasted, like with the name Fluffy. It can be a doorway to get people into you, but it can also keep other people away from you by seeming to be one-dimensional. So after the interview and seeing his specials and seeing his stuff, I'm a fan. I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fluffer. Is that a thing? A fluffer? That, that's not used for anything else, right? Yeah, that's what his fans are. So that's Fluffly. Um, everybody enjoy this delicious interview with Gabriel Iglesias. Is that his thing? That's yeah, he, yeah, he's also, yeah, asking about Chipotle. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> asking about Chipotle. How you doing, buddy? Hello, sir. His fluffiness. Pleasure to meet you. All right. Awesome. So we'll join you here. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you. How was lunch? I just had some, too. Uh, a, a grilled cheese with uh, braised ribs, and it was pretty amazing, Whoa. let me tell you. Short ribs are going crazy around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good though, no complaints. Ah, yeah, I love it. the, the fancy average food thing, you know? Grilled cheese. Super fancy grilled cheese. I love a good grilled cheese. I've probably had about four of them this week and I'm, I'm not supposed to. I have a wheat allergy. Ah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of part of the old bread thing. Uh huh. But it doesn't affect you too much. Not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> so, a what's the word? to make the life worth living. Yeah. Well, the problem with it is, is that when I eat wheat, it it uh, produces yeast and the yeast comes out either in my elbows like right there that's all that or it comes out of my eyebrows or right here in my scalp huh so it doesn't it's not that's that's debilitating but it's it's inconvenient it's like a weak x-men power yeah right <laughs> not even a power you could be flaky at certain areas of your body at first i thought it was just dry skin or even like dandruff but i realize now freaking 30 some odd years later that's what it was growing up weird you're um your, your staff said that I should ask you about Chipotle. 
Oh, it's my, well, it's my favorite. It's my favorite restaurant, and I think the reason it's my favorite is because it's everywhere, and it's consistent. The and Starbucks. I recognize all the ingredients. The burritos. It's basically the Starbucks of burritos. Everywhere we go, there's a Chipotle. Whether we're here, whether we're in England, mm. you know, shoot, I think they even have them in Australia now. Right, it's owned by McDonald's, I believe. So it used to be. Oh, the other used to be branched off. Well, anyway, that's not why we're here. Uh, your movie, a fluffy movie. Super excited, a stand-up concert film, uh, which is amazing. I'm a, I'm a local Miami comedian, okay. so, uh, you know, I know that this is a big deal to put your film in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. You know, how does that feel? It feels great. How long have you been doing stand-up? About seven years now. Okay. So you've done the improv then? Yeah, yeah. One, back when okay. it was open. The one in the Miami, Miami or the one, one in Fort yeah, Lauderdale? Yeah. done that one a little bit. Have you done too. Fort Lauderdale? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, well, for me, this feels amazing. I mean, you know, as a comic, usually the dream is like, okay, I want to get a special on Comedy Central or uh, HBO. Back in the day, it was all about I need to get that HBO special because I was like the only, that was the holy grail for comedy. Right. right? You get an HBO special, that's what Carlin did, mm-hmm. Robin Williams, Chris Rock, everybody got that HBO you special. Get Madison Square Garden, and then you get an HBO special. Yeah, so that's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that's that was the goal. And then, of course, Comedy Central comes along, and then you get the chance with them to do a half hour and then so I did the half hour and then of course they said well we want an hour and I'm like uh you know uh, I still wanted that HBO special oh yeah was that but then of course fluffy? uh yeah that was before I'm fluffy and I had done uh last comic standing and uh you know Comedy Central was like look you got some good FaceTime on that you know your popularity from your half hour is really strong with us would you be interested in doing a you know a full hour and I'm like HBO wasn't calling, and I'm like, okay, well, let's let's give it a shot, see what happens. I just didn't like the fact that they were going to have commercials on it, and then also too, they censor you. Now, I'm not right. saying I'm the most you know filthiest comic because I'm not, but certain words they didn't like me using, uh, especially anything in Spanish. Anything in Spanish, they definitely mm-hmm. wanted to cut out, even if it was just a quick punch right. that would even have like subtitles to explain what it was. So a lot of back and forth. Anyway, That's the compromise you make. Of yeah. So, cable. Mm-hmm. So a company called Levity, who uh, you know, I'm sure you understand, you know who Levity is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah management, production, yeah. everything like that. Uh, they approached me uh, and they said, "Look, you know, Comedy Central's been chasing you. Would you be interested in having us produce your special?" I'm like, "Sure." I go, "But I want to do it like this." And then they're like, "Well, it's going to cost money, blah blah blah, this and that." I'm like, "Okay, I'll pay for the whole thing." Mm. And so I funded it, and we did the special in Bakersfield. Not exactly the first place you want to do a special if you're, you know, up and coming comic. But I had a really strong tie to it, mm. and I knew that I could sell tickets there. Yeah. I knew that I could sell two theater shows out and that we'd be able to have two shows to choose from as far as which Cut would be the best one. Yeah. Sure. Anyways, once that happened, the ball just started rolling. Next thing I know, hot and, uh, we do Han Fluffy. Then two years later, I'm not fat and fluffy. Then three years later, the Aloha Fluffy special. And right. uh, two weeks before I taped Aloha Fluffy, we got approached by a film company. We got approached by Gulfstream Pictures and uh, Open Road, and they said, "Look, you know, we saw the the success of the Kevin Hart franchise right. with his stand-up films. They they cost little to make, but they grossed millions. And we felt that with his social media and his YouTube presence and all that, that was the reason why he had the success he had. And so they compared his numbers to mine. And they said, uh, you know, we think it's a calculated measure. Would you be interested? I'm like, I'm all over that. And so." Basically, I recorded Aloha Fluffy, and then I had to crank out a brand new... Full uh, hour. F- not a full hour. Full 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Uh, in under a year. And mm. fortunately... All right, of course. Concert length. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I had uh, about 15 minutes of reserve material. 
And so I had a base to go off of, and then I just built off of that. And so all the material that I put in the special is stuff that over the years has just been stories that I've sat on, but I never really put it out there. I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit, but I, you know, I was saving it. And I think it was for the, you know, the film. Because, I mean, the stuff is really, really personal. The stuff I put out there is, like, super, like, good. It's, it's deep. Right. And um, there's a strong message behind it. And it's, it's, it's one of those where, at the end of the movie, people pretty much know my personality, if they don't already know. Someone's never met me, and mm-hmm. they just see the film, then they kind of really got a really good idea of the type of person I am. Uh, the beginning starts off with a, uh, a mini film. It tells a story how my parents met and uh, how I, you know, how was, not how they got together, how they made me. Basically, it's not like a porn or anything, but it's just, <laughs> this, uh, it's just the, you know, the, the, them meeting and uh, what inspired me to become a comic. nudity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When sure. I was when I was ten, uh, yeah, it shows a story of my mom giving birth to me, and it, there's a lot of cool cameos in the movie too. Do the, the whole beginning. story of your last name. Uh, that part I tried, except that the thing is, is the company only gave us two days to shoot it. Hmm. And what I asked for would have required four, maybe five. So because, you know, they still wanted to stay within budget, certain things got cut off. And they left it up to uh, the writers and myself to condense this down into a a four-day shoot. So two days of shooting the actual concert and two days to shoot the uh, opening sequence. Hmm. Is it it weird that you're doing a project that has the smallest demands of any movie project, yet they're still putting these constraints on you for four days? You know, and it's one of those things where... I think if it was a regular movie, mm-hmm. a regular film, first of all, they probably would have given me anywhere from five to ten million to make it. Secondly, they would have spent so much more in advertising. However, because it's still new, you know, it's, they don't know how to approach it. You know, like, okay, how do we promote this? How do we market this? And so there has been a little bit of back and forth with, uh, with Open Road as far as the best way to market a comedy concert film. Right. And, you know, I have my way of doing things. They have their way of doing things. And so we're just trying to meet in the middle. And yes, it's it'll, it is funny that you know because I would have paid for the whole thing, right? But we got inv- we got investors to be at that point now though, where you can it, just be like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Mm, it's very cool, but at the same time, it's like you want people's uh, investing in it so that they'll want to, you know, be on, uh, be on board and help push this. You know, you, I mean, you, it's yeah, you can do it all on your own, but it's always better when you got backup. Sure. So I mean, they they understand the the strength that I have in social media and the YouTube numbers and everything, and uh, I've shown them, I've demonstrated to them how I can use it. You have to like and do this whole equation in front of them these days to basically. Prove their I, 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 I had to send out a tweet to show them the same. kind of the kind of reaction I could get in an right. hour, and uh, it was interesting. What was the tweet? There was a situation where their marketing team wanted to uh, make this movie poster. The movie poster you see out there, okay. I'm wearing an orange shirt in that poster. They wanted to have me wearing a red shirt because the red shirt, you know, marketing. Red always stands out Fiery more than any other. It, it, it's just, it's the contrast because it's a blue sky, red shirt. So it makes total sense. Look, hey, our marketing says that red is the best color. We want people to catch, you know, attention and stuff like that. And I go, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Red is the best color. And if I wouldn't have used that same shirt in my previous special, I would agree with you 100% and I'd be totally happy. However, people recognize that shirt from my previous special, special. the Aloha special. And so I says, listen, I don't want to mislead my fans. I want to make sure that everything's cool and that there's no, I don't want them thinking they're going to go see the same thing. This is a new project. It needs to look different 100%, especially the shirt. And so again, it was a little back and forth and they're like, well, look, our marketing and we really feel strongly that this is the best way. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. I go, look, at the end of the day, I'm still going to be this comic. I still got to go out there and tell these jokes. I still got to be me. You guys are going to be moving on to whatever the next project is. And I'm, I still got to, you know, be this guy. Right. 
and uh, it went. It got a little weird, and um, they decided they wanted to go with red. And I sent out a tweet, and all I did was I sent out a tweet, and I says uh, uh, to my fans, I says I, I put the picture of the poster online, and I said, uh, what special did I wear this Hawaiian shirt in? I says uh, submit your answer, and <laughs> I put wow. I put the president of marketing's email address on the tweet. <laughs> And basically, I shut down his email account for about three hours because he got flooded. Uh, that's awesome. He got flooded with uh, with responses, and that's that's where I had to take it to prove that point. That look, mm. dude, you can't mess with the, you know, you, you can't mislead the people. He got really right. upset. He got, and I, well, rightfully so. They're investing in a product that isn't just a one-time script. Yeah, it's right. Something that but, exists for mm-hmm. a lifetime. But I had to show that. Look, man, this this is what I'm talking about. My fans know me. Mm. And yeah. so and so orange it is. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is it's the exact same shirt. <laughs> oh, it's the exact same. It's the exact same it? shirt, but they photoshopped it to make it orange. <laughs> nice, wow. So yeah, all that, all, all that, you know. So since then though, everything's been great. Over, all the marketing's been great. Over a hue. Yeah, that's it. But everything else has been cool. Uh, they've sent me all over the country to promote the film. You know, New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, yeah. Sacramento. I mean, you name it, we were going there. Working from the morning all the way to the night, you know, no complaints. Let's just do this. Let's make it happen. Uh, let's you're go just, interview. You're, in your stride, interviews in time. English, interviews in Spanish. My Spanish was it. was pretty shitty when I first started doing this, uh, all the uh, promos. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you do the interview enough times, and you get more comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable. Now I'm doing interviews with hot Telemundo women that are like, "Hola, Gabriel, platícanos, cómo te sientes?" And I'm answering right back. What's up, game? And I'm just flowing and I'm popping off. And this morning we got to do this Pierta America, and uh, I wasn't nervous. It's crazy. They got me that comfortable with it. So, right. uh, you know. So you're just, have you ever thought you're going to do, you know, like Eddie Azard? I don't know if you know. He's been doing stand-up in all these languages now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've done stand-up in Spanish, and it did not turn out very well. This was a long time ago. Now, I think if I started right. working on it, and there was definitely a game plan where I'm, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to make sure that I learn all the verbiage and make sure that everything translates the right way. Oh, conjugation. Then, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I definitely give it a shot. But I just think it's funny that I can take this show basically to any country. You know, I've done it in Canada, I've done it in Australia, I've done it in the Middle East, I've done it in uh, shoot, all over Europe right. in countries where English is the second language. Mm-hmm. And it still works. And it still works. And so this is the first time I was on, wanting to ask about that, being international, like going and doing your act. Like, has that expanded your horizon? You know what? It, it's, it, they, they say that you learn a lot from either reading or traveling. And unfortunately, I wish I read more. I'm just not disciplined enough to do it. And the same thing goes with writing. I don't have the discipline to sit and write things out. For example, none of my set is on paper. None of my set is in writing. None of my stuff has ever been put down because I don't. I can't do it. I can't. All right, let me. You know, they used to teach us back remember? in school. Yeah. I just have a really good memory as mm. far as my show goes. Everything else, I forget. But when right. I'm on stage, everything clicks, and I save all my brand cells for that. The things that matter. Yeah. My girlfriend told me, if you ever get Alzheimer's, your set is the last thing you will ever forget. You will forget me. You'll forget the dogs. You'll forget the kid. But you're, as soon as someone says, all right, you know, and you're Introducing. up. Introducing. And Gabriel Iglesias, that I'll just, I'll be fine. Hop out of your wheelchair, and then 60 minutes. Yeah, cold, 60 right minutes, there. and then sits back down. And then, time for pudding. All right. Time for, time for pudding. Um... It, it, is, it was very challenging in the beginning because I didn't know if people were going to understand, especially like just in the U.S. Like I was afraid of going outside of the Southwest because I'm like, are they going to get it? Coming to Florida, I'm like, oh, man, it's different over there. They're not Mexican. They're Cuban. They're, they're Puerto Rican. They're Dominican. I don't know if it's going to translate. And I'm like, you know, stupid. The world no is problem, small. Right? Yeah. The Internet the makes, be. The how, internet how makes everything, everything so small. Sure. Have you found uh, like Miami audiences stand out in any way? 
you know what? I find that all the audiences are the same as long as you put on a good show. Mm-hmm. You know, they all laugh the same. Uh, if I personalize it and start throwing stuff in, they're like, you know, when I'm in Miami, I like to tell stories about the first time I tried Cuban food, the first time I tried Cuban coffee, the first time I went over to the Calle Ocho, or the first time I, I went to right. La Carreta. And so it definitely localizes it, and it makes people go, oh, he took the time to at least get to know and, and experience some of the local flavor and culture, so he's not just some dude that showed up trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's from years of coming up to the you know, improv and, you know, right. to all these other places I've done shows. You've been filming around here a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, to show up somewhere for the first time, like a Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. You know, where where uh, I was very nervous. I wasn't sure how that was going to go over. Of course, they give you the rules. Look, man, you know, no talking about religion, no talking about our our culture in a negative context. And I'm like, I get that. Right. You know, and I, I find that if if you travel to places you've never been, as long as you respect their culture and respect their uh, the way that they do things, and don't show up there trying to be all American about it. You know, this is how we do it back right. home. Right. You need to realize, you know, we're the kids here. You know, everywhere else in the world, they've had their culture and their way of doing mm. things for thousands of years. And so as long as you That's show up and go, you know, hey, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guest. Right. So you tell me. You tell and me what's Saudi cool Arabia and what's not cool. Do as the Saudis do. So, and, the, and now the Saudis are all, man, the Saudis show up with the show. Was it a fun show? It actually was because I, I wasn't expecting it to go over that well. And now it's to the point where, man, they're always hitting me up online when you're coming back. I've been to Saudi Arabia twice. And so they're like, wow. yeah, come back. Come back. Jibril. They call me Jibril over there. And now at the shows here, when, when the Saudis come out, they make it very, you know, when they meet me, they... Saudi. I saw you. I'm like, I know. I can tell. <laughs> how do you? How can you tell? I don't know. <laughs> so, it, it, it's pretty oh, cool, man. But that is awesome, man. Um, I'm up just about at time. Uh, so I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, you around tomorrow? Yeah. You want to do five minutes? I'd love to do five minutes. Okay. Because it's just Martina and myself. So if you want to go up before Lauderdale. Yeah. That's killer. Thanks. Cool. And if I you want to really talk more, it, you want to have more questions or anything, you let me know. But I figured this was the best way for you to come and. That's you can check out the cool. show, and then after the show's over, I'm going to do a and a for about 20 minutes, which is uh, uh, how I come up with more material. Oh, you'll, awesome. you'll, you'll watch me do it. I'll Fantastic. take questions, and then it's Q&A, so cool, and if something triggers uh, a good story, then yeah. I just find a way to Ooh, set that, do that segue in my set, mm-hmm. and then that's how we come up with oh, other right, stuff. Oh, right, actual spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, people ask questions that are just like, oh, really? You know, yes, I love cake. Right. Yes, I wish I could have cake. That, huh? No, I can't have cake. Yes, I like Diet Coke. Yeah, yeah. That's us. Questions you're sick of. Boom. Done. That's it. Exactly. But I figure if I do 20 minutes, that's just enough time for people to, you know. And and Martino set it up where he's like, look, don't ask him nothing, no bullshit questions. Very quickly, the kind of questions. If you could find out through Wikipedia, here's a chance, ask something. Exactly. But yeah. Well, awesome. Come on out tomorrow. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. Just get to the show a little bit early so that, you know, Martin can uh, talk to you for a few minutes and make sure we get a good intro for you. Definitely. uh, The show tomorrow is at what, 9 30? Uh, yeah, be there, be there by nine. You should be okay. Um, you know we have a screening for the movie today, right? Um, I just heard something. To Do you want to attend that. the screenings? This way you could actually watch the movie. You can yeah. see what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, can we put them down for the screening, please? Yeah. Give one of the freaking wristbands. This way, if there's any issues, you'd be like, look, get the wristband. Pow. He's in. He's in. in? <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what theater? Thumbs up, please. Beautiful. Awesome. Cool. It's fantastic. All right. I'll see you at the movie theater then tomorrow night. And yeah, go for it, man. Pop it up. Beautiful. If you need any drops or anything, let me know. Yeah, exactly. Damn, what a guy. You see that? A guest spot. Ticket to the movie. An interview. That guy made my day. Thanks again, Gabo. Um, it was awesome. Um, for closure. Just, uh, I went, I saw the movie. And it was fantastic. It was a great 
support of a stand-up special to the big screen. It felt large. And you know he did a solid headlining set in the first part of the movie. And then actually like partway, halfway towards the end, it makes this really interesting turn where he goes into this very involved personal story about meeting up with his estranged father. And it gets very real and, and still manages to be funny and takes it to a place that not a lot of specials go to, which I feel is crucial if you're going to do a stand-up concert film. You need to do something more than just tell an hour or an hour and a half of really funny jokes. There needs to be some sort of thematic element, something bigger. You have a bigger canvas to paint upon. And uh, he used it. It was a great movie. I think they made all their money backs, and I'm sure this is not the last fluffy stand-up film we're going to see if uh, full K-Heart's any indication there. So I also went and did the guest spot. I went to the Fort Lauderdale Improv. They had an impromptu show with him. And even though it was impromptu, there were more people in that establishment than I've ever seen in any establishment. I don't know how they did it. There were millions of people in that 300 capacity room. And I hope none, none of them were fire chiefs because they should be fired. <laughs> fired the fired after that. Because um, it was packed is what I'm saying. And a great crowd. A great show. He did the Q&A after the headlining set. And he really mixes it up with his fans. And you can tell his fans are just rabid. They love him. They're giving him stuff. They want more. It was midnight. Like the sh I think the show started at 9 o'clock. And by midnight, nobody even left. Not a single person. People were falling asleep, still smiling, like in their chairs, not wanting to leave, waiting for more people to ask questions. I had uh, the Martin Moreno, very funny, open forum. And, and then they, they were so pumped for Fluffy. They were chanting, Fluffy, Fluffy. And then, this is how nice his fans are. The opposite of Fluffy came on stage, me. And they were still happy. They didn't immediately start booing. They were pumped. They were a great audience. And uh, guy could get used to that. So thanks again to him for that. I had a great time. So that's it. Uh, more stuff coming up. A couple, couple more right episodes in the can for you. Look forward to that. Got the road trip with John Wynn. Uh, we moved local comedian John Wynn out to L.A., we being us and his dog in a U-Haul. We drove across the country. And then I visited Denver for 10 days after that, hanging out with old Adrian Mesa, the old co-founder of the podcast. So those are in the pipe, soon to come. And thank you, dear sweet listener, for listening to this podcast. Check out my website, danielreskin.com. Follow me at the same, at Daniel Reskin, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And hell, you know what? Go treat yourself to something special. <laughs>